Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Talk on this Thursday. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means back together, and college football as we know it is potentially completely changing. Announcement on a report on Thursday morning that has moved now beyond the report phase because everybody's reporting it, which means this is going to happen. You may there may be an official announcement by the time you guys hear this podcast. UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten potentially as early as 2024. We're going to get into why we think this is happening, what it means, what the end game is. But Nathan Baird, let's start with initial reactions. When you heard you heard this, hey, that's far away. That's California. It doesn't seem like Big Ten territory. I will. Can I read you guys this? You know, you, you, you know, you start to read things. I thought this summed up this move pretty well. This is the second paragraph of the Los Angeles Times story on this. This is the second paragraph. The schools are aiming to leave as early as 2024, and the migration is expected to include all sports except beach volleyball. <laughs> so that- I was like, that's where we are now. Like we, we're having a we have a beach volleyball caveat with teams joining the Big Ten. Nothing makes sense. Nathan, what'd you think? Well, well, that makes sense because there aren't necessarily a lot of beaches in the Big Ten footprint. But, as I mean, we can know you imagine now. if it was like and uh, the University of Juno is joining the Big Ten in all sports except ice fishing? Like we're in the caveat world where we're so regional with our sports. And it's like it was like, well, you know, there's no beach. There's no beaches here. There's no beaches here. And and I've seen like sand volleyball here in Columbus, so they would have, they would figure it out. But obviously, that's the, the the smallest footnote on this story. I mean, my my initial reaction was the one that I sent to our texters, which is that I thought this was both shocking but not surprising. If that I know that sounds a little bit bass backwards, but just to have a something this seismic kind of drop almost out of nowhere. I mean, at, during this whole past year where conference realignment has re-entered people's consciousness um, because of what's gone on with the um, SEC and the, the, the Big 12 and then the Big 12 kind of trying to repair itself. We heard that like the idea of USC is specifically floated out there. And that didn't necessarily make a lot of sense to me at the time. But today, as I'm standing here, USC and UCLA coming together as a package deal makes more sense to me 
Stephen, what did you think when you heard? Yeah, I'm not shocked. The only shock value is it's you know 2.30 in the afternoon when this news happens, and just not what you're expecting. But the way college football is headed, I think after what we saw last summer heading into Big Ten Media Days with you know Texas and Oklahoma heading to the SEC, it was only a matter of time before other you know big-time college football programs kind of responded to that. And we saw that to an extent with the alliance, which was just basically like, hey, let's be nice to each other, but not put it, but didn't say it publicly. So everybody else knows we're going to play nice with each other. But this was eventually going to happen. It's only crazy because those two teams are in L.A. and everybody else in the Big Ten is in the Midwest. So this is an Ohio State podcast. So we want to make sure we look at it from an Ohio State angle. Um, So there are parts of this, right? There are parts of this that are like, Purdue and Rutgers and Northwestern and Indiana and Minnesota and Maryland are down on their knees, thanking the college football gods. How did we wind up in this group? There is nothing. We, there's no part of us that deserves to be in this group because at the moment, there's always the teams that, and Washington state, what's the difference between Washington state and Oregon state and Purdue and Indiana, nothing. And at the moment, Washington state and Oregon state are like, well, I guess do we have to give up sports now? And Purdue and Indiana are like, should we build a second basketball arena just for the heck of it with all the money we have? It is insane the way some of this is coming down the pike, but we want to look at this from an Ohio state perspective because this is Ohio state. And I will say one of the things guys that, that I think, in the back of our minds, the, the people listening, I think in the back of your minds, you always had an idea that Ohio State was going to be fine in all of this. Because that's not, it's just, it's sort of like moving the chairs around, but the big dogs are going to be the big dogs. But I, I do think when you think about this, the Ohio State perspective to me on this, Nathan, is if Ohio State wasn't in the Big Ten, this wouldn't be happening. And that we a million, we uh, over the years, the, the, the program that we have most often compared Ohio State with is Texas. And we have talked about Ohio State played nice in this conference. Texas did not. Ohio State helped grow the Big Ten. Texas helped blow up the Big 12. And the result, the end, end, end game of that is Texas leaves the conference that it should have been and had been the linchpin for. And Ohio State not only stays in the Big Ten, but attracts is a magnet strong enough to reach to California and Piscataway. It is a magnet for other schools. And we easily could be in a world where Texas was a magnet in the big 12 and USC and UCLA today were joining the big 12 and Ohio state had left and gone somewhere else, had gone to the ACC or gone to the SEC and the big 10, as we know it, would be ready to no longer exist because the reason that this is happening is because money, because the, the, the big 10 TV deal is so good. And the PAC 12 TV deal stinks by comparison and the absolute number one, it's not the only, only, only thing, but it's like 70%. The reason that there's a big TV deal on the table for the big 10 is because of Ohio state. People aren't tuning in to watch Minnesota, Illinois. They're tuning in to watch Ohio state. Ohio state was always going to be fine. But Nathan, there's a part of this that I'm sort of amazed by the gravitational pull of Ohio State. And it's reaching right now out to the beach volleyball sands of the West Coast. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you, you start to say, you know, that, that there's no difference between Purdue and whoever and Oregon State and whoever, but there is. And it's the money that it, those the conferences generate around them. And you're right that it's it, it's Ohio State. And just imagine the situation as I, I, you know, I was sort of just in the wake of this kind of texting just my brain droppings out to our texters. Boy, isn't that an advertisement for the text? 614-350-3315. And one of them was like, just, okay, now imagine right now today that you're Oregon and Washington and you want to be still a national football power and you're about to be in a Pac-12 that already didn't love its rights package and now just lost the two teams from the second biggest media market in the country. And what else? What else do you have? And who are you possibly going to add that offsets any of this? I mean, um, Ohio State's draw is going to be is the central part of this. And I think it's going to be interesting to find out, um, as as I'm sure there's going to be, you know, the TikToks reported about how all of this came to be in the past weeks and months how much Ohio state was involved in this, whether that was Gene Smith and his connections out West, whether that was uh, Christina M Johnson and her just sort of uh, larger connections, like what role did they play with Kevin Warren in helping facilitate this beyond just, well, as you say, just kind of the gravity that Ohio state has in college athletics. Steven, let's, let's look at this directly from a football perspective in this moment. We have talked and written a lot about, Lincoln Riley and USC and Ryan Day and Ohio State. They went head to head for Dylan Rayola in recruiting. Those coaches are similar. Their offenses are similar. Their their draw is similar. If you're if you're a great quarterback or a great receiver, Lincoln Riley and, and Ryan Day are kind of making the same kind of pitch to you. Now, Lincoln Riley is coming over to Ryan Day's treehouse. So you know, Ryan Day's mom is the one who's getting out the lemonade and the Rice Krispie treats. So sometimes it's fun to go over to somebody's house. But when your mom is the one making the lemonade and handing out the Rice Krispie treats, maybe this was just at my house, you get a bigger Rice Krispie treat. Your mom's looking out for you. This is a home game, right? This is a Lincoln Riley is coming to Ryan Day. Is this from that football standpoint, right? This is a recruiting question, basically. Is this bad? For Ohio State that now like Lincoln Riley, oh my gosh, he's he's in the same conference. Or is this a sign of, well, if you're this like, we're Ohio State, we're the gravitational pole, we're the sun. And Lincoln Riley, you know, he's like, uh, what's one of the, I don't want to say Uranus because that's, you know, that's a, people make a joke about that. Neptune, right? Saturn's big. No, Saturn has all the moons. No, Saturn has all the rings. Jupiter has the moons. That's big. Neptune. It's a good planet. It's one of the nine. But Ohio State's the sun. Does Ohio State like accentuate its edge, an edge on a USC right now? Or is this bad news of like now Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day are, are, are playing in the same treehouse? I think this is better for Ryan Day than it is for Lincoln Riley. Because the whole thing about Lincoln Riley going to USC is it probably puts up all the walls possible around California. So no more CJ Stroud, no more Court Williams, no more Wyatt Davis, no more Chris Olave. Well, if you're in the same conference, walls come tumbling right back down because you're selling the same thing. Come play in the Big Ten for a coach who's a quarterback guru. And so you don't have the edge there anymore. So that, that starts there. I, I it, I, Ohio State's already recruiting in California. How much easier does it get now that California is technically in the Big Ten footprint? Yeah. 
And I do think I would rather be the school who's adding weird teams far away than be the school that is now going to play all its games. Because part of what you sell is you sell like, hey, stay home and your parents can come see you play. It's like, well, they can see the home games. And then, hey, guy from L.A., enjoy that road trip to West Lafayette. I don't know, like where, where Ohio State, you, you keep your footprint and then it's like, hey, you know, once a year you're going to L.A. That's not so bad. You know what I mean, Nathan? Like, I think there is I'd rather be an Ohio State seat than USC seat right now from a competitive recruiting pitch football standpoint, because I will say one of the other things Lincoln Riley's move, I think, was, hey. I'm Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's going to the SEC. Now I'm going to have this weird Bama thing. I want to go where I can be the king of my conference because USC should be the king of the Pac-12. Now they're going to be in a conference where USC is not expected to be the king because the Big Ten already has a king. The one pushback I would have on what both of you are saying, though, is that that's looking at it through the 2022 lens. If you look at it through the 2025, 2028 lens where – teams are where we have an expanded playoff i don't know that being the king of your conference is going to be as critical and i think usc and lincoln riley would rather take the extra i don't even know how many millions of dollars that they're going to have from joining this new conference joining the big 10 than what they would have had before i think you were talking about being nationally competitive i think moving into the big 10 is going to help usc return to national being nationally competitive I think what would have helped USC become nationally competitive is the fact that they were in a conference where nobody can compete with them from a recruiting standpoint. If it's right, that works for me. But like Oklahoma, it wasn't doing him any good at Oklahoma. I think it's, I don't think it's that simple. Who was the other competent team in the Big 12 while Lincoln Riley was there? You're, you're arguing my point. That's what I'm saying. It, it would have been easier for him to build up USC if it was still in the Pac 12 where USC is the only competent program in that state, whether then join a pro join a conference where Ohio state is also running at all high cylinders. And now you have to recruit against them. He didn't have to recruit against anybody in the PAC 12 right now. No, but you also don't have to win your conference to make the playoff in an expanded playoff is what I'm saying. It, no. And it, I, and I, the one thing we, I think go too far down there, we need to be clear on this is like, this is a, an intermediate step. This is not, this is not a world where, Hey, now we're going to have Correct. a 16 team big 10 with two teams in California and this is what it's going to be like for the next 20 years. So we need to talk about like what the end game is here, but the the news today right now, as Ohio state fans who tune into Buckeye talk, because you know, they like us, yeah, these guys, Hey, the three of the guys, Hey, we're all back together. Woo! We did. We had all kinds of stuff planned, you know, we're making them you know, make a get of a draft and topics. And then it's like shape shifting news happens instead. Should Ohio State fans today, Nathan, today as they process this, feel good, feel bad, feel indifferent, like whatever? Ohio State just plays the team on its schedule. For Ohio State, and I guess I mean the entire university and the entire athletic department, but honestly, I mean football. Because there's a part of me that it's like, cool. So now the swimming team and the tennis team and the soccer team and the wrestling team and everybody – now you have a conference game, and like that is just nuts to me. I don't understand why any of this isn't all just football and just let conferences have regional competition for everybody that's not football. But that's not worth having a conversation here because that's not how they're choosing to do it. 
They're bringing all the sports except for beach volleyball. As we said off the top, we broke that news here on Buckeye Talk. Beach volleyball will not be part of the Big Ten. <laughs> we hardly but, broke the news considering we were reading the second paragraph we, of an we, LA Times story, just to we, clarify. We broke it in That's the Midwest. <laughs> Other places, they're breaking the big stuff like USC is coming to the Big Ten. But here, we're breaking the stories about volleyball programs, ladies and gentlemen. According to something I read on the internet, I am breaking the news that so, but how should Ohio State, people who love Ohio State sports, Nathan, right now, this news, they should feel how? I understand that there is a um, probably a, a sense of loss to some people who feel the traditional Big Ten, the Midwest uh, identity being further uh, just flattened and that it basically no longer exists at this point. But if you're being realistic, this is where this was probably had to eventually go at some point. And, uh, you know, we've talked before about the, the idea of making a move in terms of strength versus making a move in terms of weakness. And the more I think about this, it seems pretty shrewd for the Big Ten to make the move and get out in front of something like this and be bringing be the one that's bringing in these two programs rather than waiting for another shoe to drop elsewhere and, and having to scramble. And now they are a little bit in the driver's seat and it's going to mean more money. And that's going to help you beat the teams at the top of college football. I think in the long run, I agree with Nathan's logical approach to how fans should view this, but I also think it's okay for the next 24 hours. You should be like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's an acceptable. That is an acceptable reaction. Yeah. Almost like, and like, I couldn't tell exactly what the emotion was that you were expressing with that. What? Because it's all emotions all at once. It's like yeah. confusion. It's excitement. It's uncertainty. It's frustration. Maybe you're a little bit scared. Maybe you have a knot in your stomach. It's like, it's just, it's just your body makes a sound. Yep. Because there's like job. so much. To, yeah. Wow. This is so much to figure out, starting with how is this even going to work? Let's start there and then we can start getting into all that other stuff. Yeah. And like, it's, I very quickly go to like, so the soccer team's road trip is going to be what, which again, is yeah. just not, it's just not what anybody's main priority is, but the logistics of that is just, why can't the soccer team play 25 games against people against other schools within like a five hour mm -hmm. radius and then have a national playoff? Like what, why does the soccer team have to go to Los Angeles? But it's a football world, which that's the thing that's just, it's a football world. Great. So do football. Just like, like football just needs to break off from everything. Football just needs to like exist, float above title nine, float above conferences, float above education stuff, whatever. It's just football. Let football be football. And instead the, the whole entire, so the, the, cause the deal is it's not that football can't be football. It's that football is football. And then, but then everything else gets dragged along with it unnecessarily. It's like, why? Why are we dragging? Can't we just let the other stuff do its thing? So, okay. But I, I do think, and I don't know, Nathan, if we have conveyed this. I can't remember what we conveyed. I was in Disney World for 10 days. I don't know if we have conveyed. Did we have, we conveyed the idea through all of our discussions about all of this stuff. NIL, transfer portal, realignment that Ohio state's probably going to be okay. No matter what 
because it's so powerful, because it has such great tradition, because it makes so much money, because it has such a huge alumni base, because it draws such great TV ratings, because it has a very competent head coach and seemingly competent leadership all the way up, that with everything, they, you know, as Ryan Day was sounding the alarm about NIL, but pretty much they're, they're going to be okay, sort of no matter what happens. I think we've conveyed that. I mean, it's just because of what we talked about before and just the, the gravity that they held. I think there was also because the rest of the Big Ten, it understands how it benefits from its relationship with Ohio State. There wasn't some scenario that was going to leave Ohio State in particular just holding the bag. We talked about this again as we went back to last year when the first and when 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 the thing went down with Texas, Oklahoma and the SEC. There were a lot of knee-jerk reactions that Ohio State, or I'm sorry, well, the Freudian slip, that the Big Ten needed to come out and make some big splash to answer and needed to just grab these teams. Like, who are the, like, the three, four, who are the four next teams that make the most geographic sense? Just grab them, whether or not they bring any kind of um, success or viewership or anything. And I, as we talked about at the time, again, there's a difference between making a, a decision based on strength and making a decision based on weakness. I thought the prudent thing for the Big Ten at that time was not to do that, as we talked about, that adding Kansas and West Virginia doesn't make up for what's happening with the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma. This is something I think is a little bit uh, closer to a real answer to that. And as you pointed out, I and as I kind of speculated with to the texters, I, I don't know that it's the end because now just what's left of the Pac-12 you wonder if, if more of those schools are going to be looking to move to. Okay. We'll take a quick break. We'll reassess and we'll come back with what we think sort of like the end game of this is we'll do it next on Buckeye talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Doug Maurice back with Nathan Baird and Stephen Mean, 614-350-3315. That's where you find the texts. It's almost July, and this is happening. This is the, this is the beginning to me. If, if well, this, this is like the, it's either like the second step or actually like the fifth step in the progress toward what the new next thing's going to be, what the final result's going to be. If Texas, Oklahoma was the first step, this is the second step. If actually like Nebraska was the first step, then this is like the seventh step. But I, and I think, you know, I'm wrong about everything. We, and on the college football survivor show, we, we had talked about this. 
there had been, it's like the idea of like, oh, this top tier, right? Maybe you break off and there's 30 or 40 teams in this top tier. It does feel like, Stephen, maybe what this is the beginning of is two. There's the South and there's the everybody else. And that it's not going to be one tier, but it's going to be two big time conferences. And then I think you could even reach a world where the college football playoff committee goes away that those two conferences just figure out what they want. You know, Hey, we'll have our own eight team playoff within our league to determine our champion. And then we'll have the two champs play and that's the national championship game. Like I think a lot of this, but it does feel like Steven, when you have this kind of move, this is not, to me, this is not, well, how does the Pac-12 react? This is the beginning of the end of the Pac-12. And the Big 12 just hired a conference commissioner. That guy may never be the, he may never be the commissioner of anything because this, this might set off, okay, well, now a couple other teams are going to go to the SEC. And, we, and I want to talk about what we think it might mean for the ACC. But do you think that, Stephen, is the end game? Two big-time conferences. And the one, co- I mean, I guess if you have Big Ten sweatshirts or, or caps, or uh, like a hoodie or uh, like a, a, a quarter zip that says the Big Ten logo on it, you probably get to keep your gear. Everybody else is going to have to set their gear on fire because it's just going to be what names they use. But there's going to be two. I think it's going to be two things here, Stephen. And it's crystallizing that it's going to be the South and then everybody else in the other one. For what it's worth, John Wilner, who's the person who broke this story here, his latest tweet is source don't assume the big 10 is done which caters to what you're talking about here doug the nflization of college football is what you're talking about here but but, but got, clearly but it's like but but the clear part but, of this is afc nfc right that it's two yes, literally north and south and you just have a playoff and then whoever comes out of that that's your national championship game and then you and don't and need so, a committee you don't need a committee to mm-hmm. beat people because you you do your own thing you have your own yep. standings your own conference you decide how you and, and then at the end, it's like, hey, are, we agree our champs meet. Okay, figure out your champ however you want to do it. Yep. Basically, that- so like, right. Yeah, I, I do think that's where we're headed now because, right, it doesn't make sense that USC and UCLA, from a geographic standpoint, are in the Big Ten. But what if Oregon comes along? What if all these different northerns, king of the north, this thing that you know, continues to be on the back burner for us? What if all the northern teams just come to the Big Ten and all the southern teams that are relevant go to the SEC? And so that's what you have here. You have the North, you have the South, and you've got divisions within those two conferences. And you figure it out just like you've got the AFC North, South, and West and all that stuff. That You figure it out. And like I said, the NFLization of college football is now upon us with a decision like this. Nathan, do you agree that we're headed to two? Probably. Um, I, I thought one of the more um, astute observations, and this is just something that they were bringing up from March, but Nicole Arbach from The Athletic put out this um, tweeted out a, a graphic that they'd put up in March about the revenue projections. And this is before USC and UCLA would be leaving the Pac-12 to come to the Big Ten. But the, the revenue projections going, you know, assuming a 12-team playoff, going out to 2029, you would have the SEC making about $118 million, the Big Ten over $100 million, and then all three of the other conferences barely getting over $60 million. And then that's, that, that gap is only going to grow now. The Big Ten is going to get even more the pac-12 is going to fall off a cliff basically with no la market it's the money's going to talk here and i I, even in in practical terms maybe it only happens this way in football 
because that's really what we're talking about here, right? Like, I don't know that it means that it's a complete fracture of the NCAA in all sports, but certainly in football, the, it, it just, I don't know how it, it, I don't know how it can possibly happen. And I think, you know, maybe at some point people start to think more creatively about what you were kind of intimating at before, Doug, which is that football is football. And maybe you can keep the boundaries of these conferences, the membership of these conferences a little bit more intact in other sports, but in football, maybe it's just time to throw it all out and come up with something that looks completely different. But at the moment, they're not, it's not only football. So, so they seem like they want it to be whole hog. So we just took like a two minute break there for uh, Stephen to text out and put out the story about the latest uh, recruiting commitment to Ohio State, and I forgot what I was saying before that. Uh, we're bad. We're 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 struggling. There's too much news happening for us to be like fully functioning uh, at this point in late June. But this this I think is is the bottom line here is that to me. What we are seeing, and this is not a political conversation, but there are some similarities, I think, in the sorting of college football and the sorting of the country right now. And I think this is money-driven, 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 money-driven. Of course it is. Everything in college sports is money-driven. But I do think we're sort of sorting, Nathan, into two groups, and this is why I think we, we need to have an ACC conversation. And listen, I'll, I'll, I'll say this part. These conferences have agreements and their schools are bound to them and they owe money and all this stuff. But if a conference doesn't exist anymore, you can't owe money to it, right? So, I mean, some of this stuff when people say, well, you know, I, you can't, Clemson can't leave because they have a grant of rights issue with the ACC that would until 2035, whatever, whatever. Like this is happening. All this stuff is blowing up. So that that to me is not that is not like a oh well, there's a piece of paper. It's like, okay, well, you know, Jim Phillips as the commissioner of piece of paper. The commissioner of nothing. Like, hey, I'm the commissioner of nothing. All the schools left, but they all owe who money? The some building in Charlotte? I don't even know what you're talking about. So I get it. I guess that's a complicating factor, but you can figure it out. But Nathan, this is a geographic sorting, of course, but when you see California schools joining the Big Ten, it's more than geographic. It is also cultural, and I don't mean that cultural politically, but I mean it cultural in how you think about college football. And I think it is not much more complicated than the SEC, it just means more kind of thing of like, all football, all the time. That's it. Like college football is the number one thing in society because there aren't as many pro teams down there. It's ingrained, right? Whatever. And everybody else. So I think when you think about that, it becomes much more clear. It's not about what the PAC 12 ads or what the big, it's how is everybody else going to sort into those two groups. And we really have a definition. You have to look at yourself now as a program and say, which are we? Are we more like Alabama and Texas and Oklahoma and LSU and Florida and Georgia? Or, or are we more like Ohio State and Michigan and USC and by the way, probably Notre Dame, right? Or that, and then you pick. But the other thing is, doesn't mean they're going to take you. Which, which gets back to Vanderbilt and Mississippi State and the schools in the SEC. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're part of this. Same with the schools in the Big Ten. 
there are going to schools are going to want to come, Nathan. And Stephen, as Stephen said, the reports, the Big Ten's not done. They're not going to take everybody. Because as much as it's just going to be a split, I think you still have to be invited in. So I so I don't think you have to have as much monetary value as Oklahoma and Texas and USC and UCLA have. I don't think that's the threshold. It's like, well, if you're not that big, you're out. I think they can lower the bar, but they're not going to lower it all the way down. They're not lowering it down to Oregon State. But they could because get Washington. Have- they can get Washington and Oregon and mm-hmm. and the SEC can get in Oklahoma State and Baylor. They're not going down to Texas Tech, right? But they can get in the teams they want to get in. But Nathan, I think it I think it is not linked to the sorting of our nation, but I think there is some connectivity here and that's that's how it's going to break down and that's where we're going to wind up. You're hitting on a, several interesting points here, one of which being as you say that, I'm like thinking like, well, would Baylor and Texas Tech go to the SEC or would the Big 12 pull some of those teams in now that it's trying to? No, but I'm saying but the Big 12 is not going to exist. I'm, nobody's going to exist. I don't think anybody else is going to exist. Maybe what, if, if it goes down to two, obviously. I'm, yeah. I'm, out um, on, I'm out on who the Pac-12 yeah. and the Big 12 can add. It's about from mm-hmm. who from those schools is going to get to go to the SEC or the Big 10 at this point, and, in my mind. Yeah. And one of the things that's kind of been looming out here for me today is like, I don't know how soon somebody's going to get Kevin Warren in front of a microphone, but um, (laughs) the, 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 the the PAC-12 big 10 and ACC all came together with this alliance. And one of, and this is, this speaks to what you were saying before about the cultural fit, because that was supposed to be all about a, a cultural alignment within college sports it was all supposed to be about we're bringing these three groups of people together and they don't necessarily have a lot in common except the way that they think about college sports uh in other words we can't let the sec become the evil empire that that takes over everything so they were putting up that wall but part of that was supposed to be uh, more than the scheduling component it was what i just said about the kind of having a, a a common um way of thinking about the sport, uh, the sports in general, but also that you wouldn't get we're going to need to like poach each other anymore. Right. And that you would have that, you would still have that structure, even while, while keeping your conference identities. And this completely dusts that like there, there is no Alliance anymore. So I think you're right. Like that, it, this, um, whether that will be looked at long-term by Kevin Warren and the big 10 as being like shrewd and prudent or whether it's going to look at being uh, sort of like a turncoat move, I, I don't know, but it um, it that decision completely throws that out and and changes how we're going to look at things for for decades. Yeah, the winners write the history books. So, like you know, somebody in the Pac-12 might be like, and then the Big Ten was mean to us, and everybody be like, I'm sorry, who? What is that again? That what was that former conference that doesn't exist anymore that you are referencing? It's funny. You know, you guys, you guys are familiar with the, the history books, right? The world, the earth has been here, pff, I don't know, hundreds of years. So when you look back, That's it always it. is yeah, at hundreds. least minimum, mm-hmm. minimum hundreds. And you look back and it's always like, you look back and, and it'll be like, then this thing happened. And then there was this brief period where this thing happened. And the brief period's like 300 years. And then it's like, and then we transitioned to this thing. Like we're that I feel like, again, this is not just college football society right now, 
we're in one of those periods that's going to be like, and then for 50 years, everything was bonkers. And then it settled down. And then we had the new way of doing things. But we're, we're in such a state of flux, Nathan, that we're going to have like this old way of like, this was college football. It was amateur sports. It was regional. Then it was a little wacko. And then it became a national professionalized sport. And, and it's going to be two sentences in the history of college football, but it's like 20 years and we're right smack in the middle of it. And so here we are analyzing it as it happens, not really knowing what it's going to look like, except we know it's not going to look like this for very long. This is transitory. And that part of that is like super unfun and frustrating to me because can we get to Saturdays and watching football and figure out who Ohio State's going to play and who they might have to play and what the structure is to try to win a national championship? Because that's what really this is all about in the end. And a lot of this stuff makes me nuts, but I guess it's interesting and it can be exciting, but the uncertainty is frustrating, but I, 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 it just feels like it's so transitional. You can't be definitive about anything other than it's not over yet. It's absolutely not over yet. And but beyond just adding teams, uh, I want to go back to something you said early on that that I I kind of because I'm thinking about it in a different way now. And that's like, well, what do uh, second tier team A and team B from the Pac-12? What are, how are they better than the, the, the ones in the Big Ten? And right now, I think this is a move that can be placated. A lot of Big Ten fans can be placated because at least you're keeping your Big Ten structure. together. You're keeping the historic structure of the Big Ten together and you're choosing which teams to add. I think it's worth asking, like, are you going to get to a point where you add a couple more teams here and a couple more teams there where some at some point are those teams going to ask, why are we giving Purdue 90 million dollars a year? What what are they what are they adding to this? Like, that's the thing that if I was a Big Ten fan. And you are, again, thinking of this in terms of how it benefits Ohio State and how it benefits the Big Ten. I don't think you can dismiss that thought. Um, I don't think that would be imminent. But I think, again, the more teams you add, like what what alliance do what allegiance do USC and UCLA have to Minnesota or Indiana? Well, but also but what allegiance does Ohio State have to Indiana and Minnesota in this world? Frankly, just because they played each other in sports in 1952 and they're near each other. But but under the current structure, I, I think the Ohio State would be looked at if they tried to make that power move, as we talked about before. If they tried to be the Texas, they would be looked at as the villain. When they're just like one team that starts to act in its own self-interest among many that do and push some of those teams out, I don't think they look that bad anymore. Well, that is one of those things where, I mean, you know, we're podcast hosts. We can be dismissive of pieces of paper, pieces of paper with people's words on them and signatures have like made have it's what's a treaty other than a bunch of leaders of nations getting together and saying like, we agree to not do this. And then it's like, okay, we agree to not do this right up until the point where someone says, ah, I'm not doing that anymore. And now I'm attacking you. So I, like at the moment that I like, you can't just kick, you can't just kick Purdue and, no. and Illinois and Northwestern and Indiana out. But, but it's not maybe, about kicking them out. It's about you just maybe you jump out and form your own thing and not invite them. Well, that's that would be the thing again. It's just a name now, right? That that, that the idea I, that's the thing that's hard. It's like, oh, USC and UCLA are joining the Big Ten. It's like, well, we have to stop thinking of the Big Ten. 
We just, they're joining the group that has these people in it. I do think the way that you possibly can get to that is you can sort of all of a sudden have minimum thresholds for competing. I don't know that you can say you have to spend this much money, you know, on your football team or whatever, but you can, maybe it just becomes apparent to everybody that it's like, there's two different things going on here. And then again, I just, I still think there's a world where you can have one conference and two tiers in the conference and you play, Mm -hmm. you play each other, but you, are aiming for different championships, but that's a podcast for another day. That is one we should do actually. I mean, I, I, re, I there's a lot of that that makes sense to me that it's, you know, Ohio state and Michigan and Penn state and USC are all in the big 10. And so are Purdue and Northwestern and Maryland and Rutgers and Illinois. But then when they play for their championships, they play for two different championships. It doesn't mean that Minnesota can't beat Ohio state during the regular season, but their end game championship is different, but they're you're competing under the same Umbrella almost like during the regular season. Yeah, but it's almost like once you get to the postseason, it's like Division One Big Ten and B- Division Two Big Ten. Because it's I, one of those things. If you're well, nobody wants to play twelve other top great teams every week, it's yeah. too much of a grind. On so if you're going to play some mid tier or lower level teams, why wouldn't it be teams that you have some history and tradition with and are, and are near each other geographically? So it's not like a, Ohio State doesn't need to play. USC and Michigan and Penn State every single week, you got to play some Purdue's. And Purdue wants to play Ohio State. But then maybe you can aim at different championships. I just, I think there's a wrinkle in there eventually, maybe. But there's, there's, uh, I said, let's have some structure and let's write down questions. And I just threw that all out the window. Steven. Fuck, I talk. (laughs) They just, George Klyovkov came from outside the traditional college sports world. And he got a lot of attention as the Pac-12 commissioner. He was a new kind of new kind of dude, mover and shaker, forward thinking. The guy they just hired in the Big 12, you know, outside the college football structure, mover and shaker, new kind of thinking. Kevin Warren, also outside the college football structure, came from the NFL, but he immediately got branded the first thing he got here with with trying to cancel the season for COVID and then backing off of that. And that hung around his neck. And then he just did this. So like, what do we, what, cause again, I think the best way to analyze things is to flip it. What if today the PAC 12 announced that Ohio state and Michigan were leaving the big 10 to join the PAC 12. Can people would be marching through the streets and listen, Ohio state would be okay. Right. Ohio state would be okay. But there's a lot of Ohio State fans that would be like, now all of our games are in Corvallis, Oregon, and and uh, I can't even Pullman, Washington. Those are our road trips now instead of Bloomington or West Lafayette or East Lansing. Can you imagine the reverse? That's what people in the Pac-12, that's what USC fans are thinking today. I guess we had to do this. Let's get fired up for that road trip to College Park, Maryland. And it's because they got Kevin Warren, man. Kevin Warren came in the back door and took care of business, Stephen, didn't he? I think if this would have been reversed, I don't. it'd be very hard for Kevin Warren to keep his job at this point, just because that's way too many moves that a lot of people are not happy with, whether it's the COVID stuff and canceling the season, whether it's the way he handled his the first time speaking with the media at a big 10 media days. And then you add this on top of that. This is like back to back to back years of like, okay, this is not going well. We need to get Kevin Warren out of this while flipped. It's just more like, okay, 
Clayton Coffin just lost his most two most valuable assets. It sucks, but like, okay, let's get excited about going to Ohio in November, even though I live in Los Angeles. And so you can live with a little bit more while at the same time, if this happened and there was no COVID, people would be lifting Kevin Warren up in a mm. chair right now. Like he is the greatest commissioner ever. Look at what he just did. Because it would have been just like normal, hey, normal yeah. moving along. And then this yep. would have been his first big move. But just to be clear, it's not as if that was ever really on the table. Ohio State and Michigan were never going to leave the Big but, Ten to go to the Pac-12 because the Big Ten was just such a much more, just a much stronger entity than the Pac-12 was. But but again, I would argue, but I would argue, but why? Why is the Big Ten stronger? And by stronger, we mean financially stronger. Why? Right. 70% because of Ohio State. So if Ohio State said, just, mm-hmm. you know what? Ohio State, we as a university and as an athletic department, we want to think of ourselves as more of a national university. We want to be more like Notre Dame. We don't want to be confined to the Midwest. We feel like the juice, we love our Midwest roots, but the juice is on the coasts. And so we are going to go and we are going to go and join that. And then all of a sudden, it's like we talked about like with Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. How much of Oklahoma was Oklahoma and how much was Lincoln Riley? Lincoln Riley took a lot of that juice to USC. If, if Ohio State just said, we're going. And Michigan, you're, our, you're with us. Let's go. The Pac-12 would now be, it, it would immediately shift. There would be nothing left of the Big Ten. There would be no Big Ten. So I, I know it sounds crazy, but if Ohio State just like flipped it on itself and for whatever reason wanted to demographically wanted to be on the West Coast, you can't move your university, but you can move your, the people you're associated with. I know it sounds crazy, but Ohio think- State is the Big Ten. And if Ohio State left the Big Ten, the Big Ten would not be the Big Ten anymore. I think I think independence. I think a Notre Dame model makes more sense. I know Notre Dame does have like that that connection with ACC football. I think that make is a is a better hypothetical scenario than if they were to just join the Big Twelve outright. But yeah, we're getting we're getting, we're straying from the point. Okay, straying from the point again. Buckeye talk. Like it's, well, I don't even know what the point is anymore. Let's take one more quick break and come back. I want to talk about the ACC and what it might mean next. All right, Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. Again, we don't know what's going to be out there by the time you hear this. I think you can look at some of the remaining teams in the Pac-12 and find how they might be a logical fit and bring financial value to the Big Ten. I think you can do that. Oregon, Washington, place like Utah's maybe a little bit interesting. I don't know. Stanford, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I think you can look at some teams in the Big 12 and very quickly think how they might make sense in the SEC. Baylor, um, Oklahoma State, maybe a couple others. And then that leaves the ACC. So again, this goes back to the cultural and geographic sorting. Listen, with the Alliance, the ACC was with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. The ACC threw in with them. They did not make an alliance with the SEC when all that stuff happened. The ACC has a lot of private schools. I don't know that a lot of the schools in the ACC say, yeah, cool. Bama, Texas, Oklahoma, LSU, Florida, Georgia, how they're doing it. Yes, yes, that is us. Maybe some, but I think you could see, I don't think the, I think the ACC might sort, might split and sort. And again, people love to jump to the, hey, they're both going to be at 16. Let's add four and everybody's at 20. 
whatever. But I mean, I think you can throw, I think you could throw Clemson, Miami, Florida state into the sec, maybe with Baylor and Oklahoma state. I threw those five in with them. I think that could make sense. I think you could throw Oregon and Washington into the big 10. And I think you could maybe throw like North Carolina and Duke into the big 10. And then you throw Notre Dame in the big 10. I think that could make sense. Maybe Virginia tech, maybe UVA, maybe BC, you know, Pitt and Syracuse are going to be begging to get in the Big Ten. I don't know that the Big Ten will want them, but I can see some sorting there. I don't I don't think, Nathan, that like everybody in the in the ACC goes to the SEC because I think there are some schools there who just would feel, especially from a football standpoint, maybe not geographically, hey, we're in the South, but we maybe how we think about things, we might fit better with the Big Ten. So I do think this might lead to the ACC breaks up. Some teams get left out. Some get absorbed by either. But in our world where we're thinking there's two leagues, I think the ACC splits. Yeah, and I was looking down the list of, um, and I know that we try to dismiss the academic stuff, but even in this move, USC and UCLA both um, are Associated of American University members that the Big Ten has always kind of followed those that for whatever reason. So uh, if they did follow that, you know, Duke, North Carolina, Pitt, UVA, those are all AAU members. I don't know that Notre Dame is, um, but I think that would be one that supersedes. Yeah, you you would absolutely take Notre Dame. So those are the kind of programs that I think would make uh, some sense uh, pulling in from there. I think you're right that the ACC is, when you look at it from that perspective, the ACC is a really interesting conference culturally. Cause there's clearly like deep South stuff. And then there's, and then everything is in the South to some extent until you get up to the BC, um, you know, pit, th- those kinds of teams. But s- even some of those Southern teams, do they have more of an identity that would fit better in the big 10? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think, I think Miami and Florida state, I think Clemson, I think, I think they probably all go sec, but there'd be plenty of good ones for the big mm-hmm. 10, but, but Steven, at some point, at some, and that's the thing about this, that is the bigger you get, the less it matters because we were just talking about, Oh, what if the scheduling model, well, what if you had two rivals and seven other schools and that way everybody would get to play everybody home and away in your four year career. And now we're like, Oh, and now your league's going to have 20 teams. So like, it just, it matters. The bigger you get, it's just a TV agreement. That's all it is. It's just how you package your TV contracts and how you split the money. Because even in a 16 team big 10, Steven, right. How often is Ohio state going to play UCLA? Right. Yeah, and you're and you're going to play. Yes, now as a result, Ohio State is going to play Illinois and Iowa and Michigan State less often. But you know, if you go to twenty or twenty-four, whatever it is, then you're going to wind up with divisions. Then you're only going to play your division, and then all this stuff is going to break down into a world where we're going to call them right. Maybe we'll still call them conferences, Stephen, but they really won't be conferences the divisions within the conference will be much more like conferences. So I don't know, I guess it's fun. And I guess like any scenario that people kind of come up with is possible because when all this started, when Nebraska moved to the big 10 more than a decade ago, would anybody have thought that it would end with USC and UCLA joining the big 10. But in terms of what happens on a football Saturday, 
it gets less and less relevant because you just you keep, it's not like they're going to start playing 19 regular season college football games. Yeah, it's just it's like what you said at the beginning of all this, where right now we're in the middle of it. So it's a lot of well, what if this happens or what if that happens? Or what if this happens when the answer is actually pretty simple and how this is going to work long term? It's that, no, Ohio State's not going to play USC every single year. As I said, it's going to be a Big Ten West. It's going to be a Big Ten East and North and South and whatever you want to do. And just like in the NFL, there's going to probably be four teams in a division. You're going to play all three of those other teams twice and you'll just kind of rotate everybody else. And then you'll also maybe just get your daily dose of the guys in the SEC or the South or whatever you want to call these two conferences. And that'll be the end of it. But right now, because we're in the middle of it, we have 30 million different ideas of how this is going to work. When, as I said before, the NFLization of college football means just look at the NFL model. Cause that's how this is going to work. So in the end, is this, is this the right, is this the, and we sort of floated different things, Stephen. Is this the right result for Ohio State? And I guess that result would be staying in the Big Ten, staying in an expanding Big Ten Mm -hmm. as the leader, as the gravitational pull for everybody else versus, I suppose, the other options being going independent or joining the SEC. Um, is is this the the best possible outcome for Ohio State? Yeah, because I mean now the the hyperbolic maybe they should just join the SEC doesn't have to exist now because I don't want to say it's going to be even like because it's not even even at the pro level like sometimes the AFC is stronger than the NFC and vice versa and all that stuff but now it feels like you are on a level playing field. It doesn't feel like it did last year where there was this concept of is the SEC just going to take over college football and Ohio State's going to be left behind. That doesn't seem to be happening now if you go down this route. So, Nathan, that idea, is this the best outcome for Ohio State with the other options being go independent or join the SEC? If this outcome, which is stay in an ever-expanding Big Ten, right at the center of that conference, is this the best Ohio State could hope for? I do think so. Yeah. I think that I understand why some people might be inclined to say just going independent, being able to write all your own rules, not having to share. Um, I, I see where they would th- see some benefit from that, but I also see the, 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 I see the benefits of the structure that Ohio state has been able to work in and the alliances it already has uh, not, not to use a, <laughs> to use a term that uh, has already um, fallen apart in another sense today. Um you get to have kind of the best of both worlds. I think you get to to continue the Big Ten identity, you continue your identity within the Big Ten if you're Ohio State, while also um, seeing the league um, potentially enhance itself. I think we all agree that right that this is that this should end up being better financially and potentially competitively for the Big Ten, adding UCLA and USC. Yeah, I mean the the specifics of it. In the end, it feels like I mean what you want to do. Yes, it's exciting that USC and Ohio State will play regular season games against each other and that USC will play Penn State. UCLA, frankly, is who? I mean, is anyone excited about UCLA? It's one of these things. It's like, hey, you're getting two, but, you know, they're just coming along as as the friend here. Um, We actually saw when we were in Disney World, we were leaving and my daughters recognized somebody walking past in Epcot who was 
from high school musical, the musical, the musical, the series, the series. There's a high school, the musical, the musical. I think it's actually called High School Musical, the musical, the series is the actual name. Oh, yeah. On Disney Plus. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. No, that well. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure you're the target audience. Uh, mid I mean, to late I, should 20s, be the, I yeah. should be the target audience because I was in middle school when the initial one came out. No, no, no. My 15, my 14 and 18 year old daughters are probably, but Joshua Bassett, he used to go out with Olivia Rodrigo and then he like wrote a diss track about her and then she writes diss track songs about him. But oh, he, he walked past. And so my daughters started following Joshua Bassett through Epcot. And then all these other girls started following Joshua Bassett through Epcot. And eventually there's a horde of about, nah, not, I don't want to say horde, that's pejorative, a group of about 20 young women who were chasing this guy through the park. And finally I caught up to him and he was like, oh, but then he took photos with all of them. Very friendly. But he was with a guy and the guy he was with was the lead in Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway, which is a pretty big accomplishment, but he's no Joshua Bassett. Right. So my kids recognized him as well. And they took their photo with him. But most of the other girls were just like, oh, Joshua Bassett, Joshua Bassett. So that's UCLA right there. The Dear Evan Hansen guy is UCLA. It's like everybody in the Big Ten is following USC Joshua Bassett down the street. And it's like, oh, he came with his friend. But like is UCLA, Michigan State, does anyone care? UCLA, Maryland, does anybody care? I do think from the TV perspective, it's about having it's it's less about when your two great programs play each other. And it's more about having a school that people are going to watch no matter who they play, that you make Purdue and Indiana and Minnesota more interesting when they play USC and Ohio state's always interesting. And Michigan's always interesting. And Penn state's always interesting. So you just want like more of your people. I think Nathan in your conference to be able to carry a TV product on a Saturday on their own. So that's what you're getting with USC. That's not what you're getting with UCLA. I do think you have a chance like for Oregon, right? Could be that kind of school. Notre Dame, if they came, they would clearly be that kind of school. And the one thing people are talking about as we're saying, oh, what if Ohio State went independent like Notre Dame? A lot of people, there's reporting out there that people think now this is forcing Notre Dame's hand. Notre Dame's going to have to go with somebody. That it just seems if it's going to be two and two, it makes it much less possible for you to be on your own. But that is part, like they're taking UCLA, Nathan. What is, what's UCLA? What's the equivalent of, U, of, of UCLA right now? Iowa? In, in football? Um, because this uh, is no, all football driven. Iowa's better. Iowa's better, right? I mean, I, I, th- I think of Iowa as being like a team that's going to finish in the top 20 more often than, than UCLA is. Minnesota? More like Minnesota? More, maybe more like Minnesota? Ooh, I was going to say Rutgers just because they're both in these major markets, but like they add nothing on the actual football field. Uh, but, but UCLA is a little bit better than Rutgers. I think we expect them to to win we expect more them than to be. Rutgers does. Yeah, but, I mean, um, they haven't. And yeah. and I will say, I mean, but you see, the, the reason this is like catastrophic for the Pac-12, uh, yes, the media market and everything, but you're using your, I mean, using USC is the still, I would say, regardless of Oregon and Washington's recent success, the flagship football school of the Pac-12, right? Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No question. And the flagship Big Twelve, uh, flagship men's basketball program of the Big Twelve or the Pac Twelve is UCLA. It's UCLA. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a blue blood 
among the bluest of blue bloods in, in men's college basketball. So both of them gone and in UCLA, regardless of what, you know, again, I know this is all about football, but like what they do in all other sports across the board, um, Olympic sports, I mean, they're, they're a power. So is, and obviously USC is too. So um, it just, it just guts that conference. And I don't know. Um, it, it's going to be, um, I'm really anxious, eager to hear the powers that be speak about this. Um, and, and, and because I think, there was some trepidation for a long time. When I say a long time, I mean that all this has been going down in the past year. I just, it just felt like disagree if, if you think I'm wrong, but it felt like some some trepidation from the powers that be, Kevin Moore and the other commissioners, to do something like this. That that was kind of the whole point of the alliance. And at some point, the Big Ten, maybe it's USC and UCLA initiating the conversation, and the Big Ten saying, "All right, we're not going to tell you no." Like it just seems like something changed. I think last year was just the right thing to say in that moment because of what the SEC is doing to just basically say, don't overreact. We're not going to overreact to what the SEC is doing. And then when you actually sat down and thought about it and had conversations, it wouldn't have been an overreaction for something like this to happen. But also Oregon came to Ohio State and beat Ohio State and has since watched the world crumble around them and they have no control over it whatsoever. Yeah. How about that? It's like, coach. They lost their best schools at a conference. Like, for real poor Phil Knight. Oh, 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 you're gonna beat us on the field. We're gonna destroy your conference. What if that's what if this was like some diabolical Gene Smith Ryan Day plan <laughs> that they hatched in the aftermath of that game? They were like, okay, two things have to happen after this Oregon loss. One is we're gonna change defensive coordinators, second, we're gonna explode the Pac 12. And they just uh, wah, ah, ah, ah. they called Crystal Ball and said, You in? and he said, Yes, I'm headed to Miami. <laughs> I like I like our fanfic. I I still think there's there's room for us to do much more fanfic uh, on Buckeye Talk, where we just branch off into all of these things. Where Gene Smith is just like pulling, pulling the levers throughout, just like just grievance, just grievances after each other. It's like, oh, you're gonna do this? Well, we're gonna, and that's why the work keeps getting in the way of us having fun on this pod. That's the problem. Yeah, all this news. Okay, so I think in the end, and I think for Ohio State fans. Interesting. A little, I think I think probably the best thing that anybody said in this podcast for the last hour and 10 minutes was what that's just <laughs> we could have just if how long can like if we just come on for an hour and just kept the what like going for that's what it is, but um it's much in the end, and Nathan, I, I can't get past the reverse idea that if Ohio State fans were looking at a world, because again, it's not just football, but it's like basketball games and and any other sport that you might care about, where all of a sudden all those sports were going to on a regular basis play in Arizona, California, Oregon, and Washington. That's just a very difficult logistical world, and right now, Nathan, that's what UCLA and USC fans are looking at, and why? Because the Pac-12 couldn't get a good enough TV deal. So I guess it's fine for them. It almost wants to make me, I don't know that I've ever read a comprehensive, I'm sure it's been written, a comprehensive story about what life has been like for West Virginia in the Big 12 as this one school out by itself when everybody else in their conference is in Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas and Iowa. And just the logistical, like the, the cost, I guess the costs don't matter anymore, but just how much more class do your soccer players miss because you're in a conference where so many more of your road games 
are three times farther away. You know what I mean, Nathan? Like that's the reality. Yeah. It's not a reality that Ohio State student athletes, you know, athletes are going to have to deal with, but it's what US, UCLA and USC athletes are going to have to deal with. And I'm just not sure why other than money and football, which of course is why. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely going to be more travel expenses and more hassle and stuff like that. And I've always thought that some of the, you know, these these ADs and, and conference commissioners supposed support of things like academics and, and student mental health and stuff was undercut by how often they keep doing things like this and having basketball games at on Wednesdays at Tuesday or nine o'clock or whatever. But again, you know, the the, the reports were that this next media rights deal for the big team is going to be worth a billion dollars. You're talking about 70 million or so per team. That's about a $20 million a year jump, which is, you know, 10% uh, ish of what Ohio state brings in revenue wise every year. And an additional, you know, 20 million out of 200 million, it's going to be even huge, more significant for a lot of other big 10 programs. And now that number is going to jump. It has to, when you add USC and UCLA, I assume. That's what, you know, Kevin Warren said in May that he thought there'd be an agreement by Memorial Day. I think we know why that wasn't in place. So all those, all that money is probably going to help them find a solution to uh, cross country and softball and then all that stuff. And again, reports of this could happen for the 2024 athletic season, which means two more years of things as they are. And then this new world in the big 10 and everywhere else as well. Okay, we may very well be coming back on the Friday pod and doing more of this. Who knows what the future holds? But again, we don't think this is over. I don't know if that helped. I don't know if that was informative. I don't know if that was just we all need to talk it out together. Um, but we'll try to take some we'll, – we'll, we'll put it out to the texters and try to get some questions that you guys may have specifically about this, maybe things we didn't answer. Next time we talk about this, we'll make sure we do that. Again, if you want to be a texter, it's 614-350-3315. And, uh, you know, maybe you have uh, friends in Los Angeles who you can tell them to be a Buckeye Talk tech subscriber now because USC and UCLA are coming. Again, I was in a Disney park 24 hours ago. Who knew? Nathan, just think about... Think about the two gigantic – you had a baby, and USC is ready to join the Big Ten. Those are like the two biggest things that could happen in a person's life. Uh, which one's bigger? Which one's bigger, would you say? USC, probably? And then um, no offense to Bennett? The, the baby is uh, – so far has involved more poop. We'll see if that continues once both of these schools join <laughs> the Big Ten. But now post. you can – now <laughs> I think you, if you're smart – You'll find a way, and I know that Disneyland is the wicked stepsister, the ugly stepsister to Disney World, but man, I would find a way to get to Disneyland and mm. just sort of write it off. I mean, it's like a fact-finding mission to go out to, to Disneyland, find out more about these LA teams, and um, you know, get, get the company to pay for it. Yeah. You know what's going to really suck? When the Big Ten Championship game is at SoFi Stadium and the college football playoff announcement is the next day. No, for real. They're get, we're going to have like Big Ten we're Championship games in Vegas. We're going to – we're just going to have to – Steven, well, you're just going to have to live on the West Coast. We're, we're I just actually be our correspondent. <laughs> just move out there. Steven, okay. that, scenario, that, that scenario you're presenting, Steven, won't be that bad because there's clearly no way everybody can get back, so we'll just be doing it virtually <laughs> we'll or whatever. There. Like It'll be easier. We won't have to – I'll actually get to sleep before the announcement. We'll, we'll just tell scenario. Jerry, hey, can we just do this on Zoom? Or just can you all stay here? Now. Just now. stay. Will it be silly that Ohio State 
and Wisconsin are playing a conference championship game in SoFi Stadium. Yeah. You know what? It'll be silly. Yeah, of of course it would. You know what actually would make the perfect sense now that we're just going to do this? How about whoever has the better record? You just host it in the venue closer to you. So, like, if Ohio State has well, a better record than USC, I know, I know, but this is all fan fiction fun right now. So, let me just have this moment. Don't kill my joy. If Ohio State has a better record than USC, it's an indie. And if USC has a better record, it's that so far. Don't I've kill had, my joy. I've heard, I've heard worse ideas. Thank yeah. You. I mean, we, the, the one thing I do think is we all just have to get away from thinking about how things are now or how things yes. used to be because that, that's not what this is. This is not just conference conference expansion that's that's not what this is this is the continuing radical realignment of the way big time college sports operates and it's just a step so you know there but there there like in 2025 there may be a weird year yeah where where ohio state and wisconsin play in la in this weird but that's not the long-term thing he's steven means he's nathan baird I'm Doug Maurice. That was a chaotic Buckeye talk for a chaotic college football world. We appreciate you guys joining us as always. Make sure you're reading cleveland.com slash OSU. And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.